Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey Podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show. Hey, Bruins fans, welcome back for episode 126 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We are recording on April 5th, 2019. Cinco de Mayo. Drink responsibly, my friends. Uh, back on the show this week, and I, I apologize for not coming on last week, but uh, things got kind of messed up with uh, uh, house-sitting my dad's dogs at my place, and I kind of moved them to my dad. So, um, back this week anyway is uh, Court and Rob. Welcome back, my friends. How's it going? It's going good. Bruins are winning, so Always it's going great. Good. I yeah. haven't been on here since um, the the Leafs lost, so it's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Honestly, welcome, welcome back, sir. Yeah. Welcome back. Oh, I even had to like deal with like stupidity last night, but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> We can never get away from it. It's, it's just something that keeps us going. Uh, at least we can get a laugh out of it. At least yep. we can get a laugh out of it. Um, we have a huge list of uh, things to talk about. So let's just jump right into it. The, the, the Bruins, um, uh, I don't know how to explain the game last night. It was like you go up and it was all comfortable and then you let off the gas. And then the, the team, um, the Columbus Blue Jackets, just take advantage the, the, the Blue Jackets, to me, are really uh, finding ways to expose uh, this Bruins team. And I know, Court, you mentioned it on the 
in the Toronto Maple Leaf series that um, some of those Maple Leaf forwards were going on Chara's side and really taking advantage of him over there and not going over to a McAvoy side, the younger, more mobile defenseman. Uh, so it's just, I don't know. I mean, the, uh, they just can't, you can't freaking give up on this team. And, and then at, at the end of the game, they, they put it together to get the victory and, and, and get a 3-2 series lead. It's just been one of those emotional series that you can, it could swing either way. The ice tilts so badly in this series. So what are your thoughts, guys? Yeah, it's just been crazy. It's like back and forth hockey, and every game it seems like whoever gets that control early on carries it through the entire game. Uh, I know yesterday uh, they had that weird twist where it just went absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, it's good. Well, I did notice Columbus um, attacking Chara. I know we're going to talk about it. But they're they're still doing it, and I would too. Um, I love uh, I love Big Z. He he does it. It doesn't look as bad as it was against Toronto because Toronto is more of that speed game. But like I think it was Dzingel yesterday took him down pretty easily. Um, and then I don't know if you guys all noticed that great hype speech from Bruce. He's got a brace on his right knee, which uh, makes me think he's obviously hurt. Um, he was hurt at the end of the year, right, or at the beginning of the season. It's obvious that uh, we'll find out near the end, but it seems that if they cut, they don't try and cut to the middle. They're trying to go to Char on the outside because if they go to the middle, he seems to have no problem cutting in, but it seems when they try and take him on the outside, they can beat him. Um, Left leg. Yeah. I I still, I still think um, he's better than half the defensemen in the league. I don't think he's garbage. Um, I think his presence in front of the net, he he adds a lot. Um, it's not like Bruce is playing him as much. Uh, it seems to be McAvoy is the one that's getting all the ice time, which so he deserves. He's playing fantastic. Um, it's just sad to see, you know, Chara degrading, but the team's winning. Um, it's this is a better matchup, I even think, the Columbus series than it was in the Leaf series. But it seems they're they're getting on him. They're going to that side, and it sucks. Sucks to see. It really does. To be honest, but I'm not going to hammer on Chara at all on 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 his on his game because I I do agree with what you're saying, but uh, it's just it's because of he's he's losing that step that the the, the team like Columbus is uh, just out skating him and he's just he doesn't have anything to to give after that. But in a in a stand up situation in front of the net as a shutdown defenseman, yeah, he's still still very valuable, um, but. I don't know. I just want to see him play better. And I, I know he's probably battling through. I didn't even know about that brace, but thank you for bringing that up. Watch the video, the hype video that I put where I put. Yeah, like, I think I'll, I retweeted it too. It's watch the video. He's got a, bra- a knee a knee brace on. So I would think it's the right knee. If I'm sitting, if I'm looking forward, yeah, it's his right knee. He's got a brace on his knee. Yeah. So, I mean, trucking through an injury as tall as he is and, and that and that Dzingel hit, man. Just, he didn't even see that coming. I'm not saying it was a, a, a bad hit at all. What else, What I noticed last night was um, somebody. I'm not sure who it was. Maybe it was a color commentator saying that there was no. And I know the game's fast, but there was no like communication on that hit. Like, hey, Z, heads up. Did anybody else see anybody like give him a warning? They were all like looking down towards the play. 
I didn't see anything. Um, I thought um, I thought Brick might have brought it up. I could be I, wrong. I, I think my only frustration, my biggest frustration, and it's not with not just with him, um, it's with a lot of guys on this hockey club, is the lack of getting the puck out. Um, Chara has this habit lately, um, and he's not the only one. Um, a little guy with the number sixty three on his back has the same habit of not getting the puck out of the zone on the PK. They have the opportunity to get rid of the puck and they don't. And it, for some reason it sucks to be both of them. It leads to a goal. It's just something I'm noticing. I'm just like frustrated. Char tries to go up the middle goal scored. You know, Marchand doesn't get the puck out goal scored. So Mar so Char had 22 minutes last night. He led again in McAvoy 24 minutes. So there you go. McAvoy is now the leader in ice time. For the defense, and that PK yesterday was really good. Other than Marchand, like there was the one opportunity they had where they cycled the zone for like 30, 40 seconds, and then as soon as Marchand got on the ice, he got the puck and just tried doing a move and lost it. And everyone else just went in behind the net where no one was, tried circling it around. He's struggling. I I think he's honestly struggling. Because the way he plays, I'm guessing he gets a lot of physicality taken out on him that you don't see. So guys like that, especially guys that are playing all situations, they need a bit of a break. They need guys to step up and be able to take responsibility on the PK and, and let a guy like Marshan be on the five-on-five five and power play. And let's be honest here. We're, we're talking about guys that are getting 20 minutes a game, so we're going to see them. Like yeah. we're, we're talking about guys. Like if you notice the guys that everybody, all the fan base and even us, we all, we're fans as well. We're, we dump on or we go after like, you know, pass for the last couple of games and all of a sudden everybody loves him again. And, and we, we're getting on Marshawn, even me. I was like, I'm sent out a message saying, you know, it's about time. And then I, I realized, you know, these guys are getting looks. These guys are out there. So we're going to see their mistakes more than anybody else. So we get on them. It's just because of recent recency bias. We're watching them all the time. They're on the ice the most. When Chara makes the mistake last night, but are we forgetting about in game four when he stopped literally the puck from going in the net and saved the game? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, our recency bias is terrible. Just like with Pasta, everybody was saying he was struggling. And I think what Marshan said, he's like, it's funny. He, Marshan seemed frustrated at the fan base, and the, more, more so the media because they're all going after Pasta. And I think that's what he was doing in that scrum last night was sticking up for Pasta saying, oh, you guys are all saying we had a good game when, you know, he didn't think this was their best game. You know what I mean? The way yeah. he pretty much said it, like Marshan was like, you know, we've had some great looks. We just can't get it in. But they finally, you know, I guess cracked the code. Don't shoot it on Bob's glove side. Just go the other way. He didn't even yeah. move. He didn't move on past his goal. No, he didn't. Well, the thing with Bobrovsky is all the ones off his pad are coming out as rebounds. All Huge. the ones going up high, they're either going out of the zone off the blocker or he's catching them. So, I think they started to figure that out and they started to play it off his pads a lot. Whereas Tuca has been completely the opposite. Usually he gives up bad rebounds. This series and in the Leafs series, the rebounds aren't there from him. Especially on the breakaway chances that they've had, where they've had a second man following in. He seems to have been covering them up very well. Because I saw some people say, you know, if we had Bobrovsky making these saves for us, and I'm like, well, you've got 
you got two Karas making exactly the same kind of saves. Might not be flopping around the net and looking like Tim Thomas, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's crazy. Tuka's Duke, been amazing. So yeah, he has. I think I, think, yeah. I, I, you know, we do still have one guy in the the Boston media doing the underhanded comments when he uh, says stuff, but it is what it is. That's just him, you know, sour grapes because he's getting proven wrong. Because I don't know the national media here in Canada. That's all they talk about is Tuka Rask, Tuka Rask, Tuka Rask, saying that the Bruins are only in this series against Columbus because of him. Um, <laughs> I think the team is playing well. To be totally honest, I don't think it is all on Tuka, but you know, last game, um, I think we can, you know, two of those saves he made were huge. Um, yeah. The one on Felino, and then the one, the, the second one on Felino. I can't remember who the first one was. But he had one on Deshane as well. Like, they're just disgusting. Um, and we all know in the regular season that that would have went in. So, he's playing different, mm. and I, it's awesome. Yeah, it is good to see. Hey, what was, your, what was that tweet the other day about Justin Polgi? I love oh, that. that was yesterday. That, uh, that was great, man. Yeah, the, the, the Leafs, if you think about it, the Leafs originally chose Justin Pogge, um to be their next heir apparent and thought Rask was expendable. So <laughs> Justin Pogge, by the way, is playing in the Swedish Elite League and uh, Tuka Rask is in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. I love it. And one of Ezina. Uh, well, speaking about uh, uh, Tuka Rask, uh, but not really in, in that content, but – um, how about the guy in front of him and uh, Charlie McAvoy and, and his playing? He's uh, really stepping it up in this series, and it's, it's a real pleasure to see that uh, he's finally getting his game back together at an elite level and, um, and moving forward um, with the decor that continues to get better, even with struggles like we did mention with, with uh, Chara and his apparent injury, which we obviously hope he gets better and, and, and still contributes. But as a decor altogether, um, Charlie McAvoy is uh, is really stepping up. Yeah, I mean, when he was drafted, the major comparison from Charlie McAvoy to an active NHL player was Drew Dowdy. And I think this series especially, you've had that Drew Dowdy type. He'll step up on the blue line when they're coming in. He'll attack the puck carrier. Um He's very vocal as well. I don't think a lot of people realise how much he commands the defensive zone. Um, there's a lot of talking between him and Char or whoever he's partnered with. But the good thing for the Bruins at the moment is they've got two guys exactly the same in him and Brandon Carlo. I mean, Brandon Carlo's offensive game might not be there, but his defensive game mixed with McAvoy, it's it's hard to go up against them two guys. And that's why guys are attacking Krug and Chara, because they'd rather go up against a guy like that than... If you get to the blue line against McAvoy or Carlo, you know there's going to be contact. Whether it's stick or body, there's something going to be hitting you. Um, and this is like what the new NHL is. You have to step up on the blue line and be accountable and make plays. And that block by McAvoy at the end of the game just shows, like, give up anything to make a block. Like, he put his ankle in the way of the puck. Yeah. But that was crazy. There's not a lot of guys out there that are going to just throw the skate in the air and hope for the best. Like, at first, we thought it was really bad, but apparently he's fine. Just yeah. a bit of shock. So. Yeah. 
all the people that were covering the game last night and had media access came out and said he was walking around. He was in good spirits, said it hurt like hell. And I guarantee it did, but uh, no, it's good to see that he's, um, he's doing okay. Uh, another thing on, on, on McAvoy that I'm really, really liking and I'm seeing a lot more is the, uh, the after whistle scrums uh, and he's fully engaged. And if anybody's taking liberties, he's there. Um, and I'm not saying this as the, as a tough guy role, but, uh, that to me, uh, that ensures like uh, future leadership. You know, that that just says that please don't touch my my players like that, or you're or you're gonna you're gonna get it. So I like that uh, area that he steps up in his game because it, especially in the playoffs, man, these scrums after whistle scrums are just it's everyone, everyone. So I'm liking the fact that he's uh, he's activating more. Uh, he's coming in. He's he's carrying the puck over the blue line, and instead of just dumping it off and trying, he's trying to create plays. He's going along the sidewall, coming around. Um, he's doing it a lot. And if I look right now in his time on ice, so last game he's 24 minutes. Game for that is 30, 24, 25, 24. Um, it shows that Bruce has decided that he's this guy. The coaches always pick their guy that they're going to throw out there pretty much for the playoffs. Um, McAvoy is that guy. I can see him. Um, possibly taking a role on that power play next year. He's getting a lot more ice time. He's getting put in every situation. He is the guy right now on the second power play, but he didn't look bad. I believe it was game four when Bruce put the two defensemen on the power play uh, when they got that one goal. Um, McAvoy has slowly went from, I'm a little bit scared about him at the beginning of this season to, all right, he's that guy. Like, uh, you know, let's pay him what we need to pay him and let's keep him here and uh, make him a Bruin for long term. But I don't know if you guys saw Bob McKenzie. There's a clip of Bob McKenzie going around talking about the, uh, the Carlo and the McAvoy. And uh, he's thinking from what he's hearing, and Bob McKenzie's usually right, that uh, it's going to be a five-year deal for McAvoy um, in that six, 6.5 term because uh, McAvoy wants to prove – which is fine. It actually works out when you look at the whole cap situation with the Bruins. It could cost them in the long run, but it'll help them. Uh, and then, yeah. as Mark, you messaged, uh, tweeted, sorry, um, a lot of people are hearing that uh, Carlos deal is done. So, and, and, it won't and, be, and, and it won't be a hard one, and it won't be a, a big cap hit. Right. And, and it's been out for a while. I've, I've just uh, worked through the grapevine. It's been a while. So... Yes, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, that remains to be seen. Um, you know, like again, I'm not saying that I'm trying to be an insider at all, but it's just, it's just sometimes deals don't immediately happen. They happen for the betterment of the team. Um, I think that the Chara extension was was more or less like a um, a motivational boost uh, for the playoffs. But in in the Carlo situation the official news might be better after everything's all set, settled and done with an unfortunate playoff exit or a Stanley cup raising uh, opportunity. So I just, I love the future. I love what he, what he's brought this season. I'm so happy. He's, he's getting the taste of the playoffs as we've all wanted to see the past two seasons previous, but um, no, I, I just love his game and it's just, Another one that gets really involved after whistles um, and protecting his goalie and protecting his uh, teammates, but um, stepping it up in certain areas, uh, being a shutdown defenseman, and even the slight 
offensive burst that he can do. He's got the capabilities to do that. So just love it. And, I, and whatever deal he is, and if it's cap friendly, that's awesome because you, you love to hear and see um, players like uh, David Pasternak taking, taking deals to because to, he's going to be here for a while and he wants to see the trend of winning keep going. So love it. I absolutely love what I'm seeing. So The only thing is like, I think they're probably holding off on the Carlo thing until they've got the McAvoy deal at least settled to a roundabout number. Because if you turn out and go, right, we're giving Carlo 4, 4.5, then that gives the agent for McAvoy a ballpark of what he's worth. Whereas if they hold it off and say, oh, well, the deal's not done yet, the agent doesn't have a ballpark number for that right-hand side. That's a valid so, point. Yeah, so they're probably just holding off until playoffs are over and they've had a chat with... I'm guessing McAvoy wants to wait until after the playoffs, depending on what points he produces during the playoffs. So I don't think his points in the playoffs would even matter. I think they've... I think both sides know what term they want. Both sides know what... When Bob McKenzie says something, I don't know. I, it's, it's been a lot of years living in Canada listening to this guy. When he says something, that means it's pretty much it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I have like to agree with that. He's saying that he's that it's five years, the term. Like, he's the one that called out the Nylander deal, like, months before it even hit. Like, I don't know. I but have a funny years. feeling that the Carlo one, he made it sound like it's done. He made the Carlo one sound like it's done, and he made the McAvoy one sound like McAvoy wants to because McAvoy didn't have a good season. He didn't. Yeah. So – he, if he signs a long-term deal at that hit, he's, he's going to be putting money on the table. He's going to be losing money because the Bruins could easily sign him for $6 because that's what he's worth right now. So if they do a five-year at $6 million, then he can get the home run at the end of it. Yep. If he wants to be here, it's great. <clears throat> Just about, my opinion, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's what it's all about. Um, David Pasternak, really, really good sign to, uh, to have him back. And I, wanted, I want to incorporate the next two topics. But number one is Pasternak is back, and the other one is the first line is starting to come to life, and in my, in my opinion, at the right time. So let's uh, combine both of those into one. Um, nice to see that first line show up, especially last night. Yeah, and they were definitely the difference maker in that game. Uh, you saw it in Pasternak when he scored the first goal and then immediately I think that line was on the ice for the next goal that went in for Columbus. Like, he just got on the ice and he knew what he wanted to do. He knew where he wanted to go. He knew he wanted to get the team back in. Like, I think that's what... Pasternak seems to thrive on high-pressure situations. When there's not a lot of... It's not a big deal about doing something... I'd don't think not that he gives a hundred percent but I don't think he's got that intensity that he does when it's high pressure right let's do this come on um and the guy was all over the place last night he was throwing the body there was one point where I think he caught the puck coming out of the zone and I thought that he'd re-injured his thumb because you saw him like shaking his hand around um, no, it's that just probably stunned like a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, but it's the same hand that he injured as well, so it was a bit of a, oh, hopefully not. But, I mean, that first line were amazing. There was a couple of 
if he plays, but it's what you expect from them. They are one of the best lines in hockey at the moment, and they performed when they needed to. Okay, real real quick, going back to game four, um, he got pretty throttled pretty good in that game, and it looked like he was um, wincing on the bench and so on, especially the hit against the boards, uh, which brought him down. Um, any injury issues, uh, concerns, or is that pretty much over with his performance in last night's uh, game five one? I think I he's th- still hurt. Yeah, I think but, he is too. Yeah, okay. but I also think there's something wrong with Bergeron because he sat the last two minutes of the first period. I think it was. That seems and to be relevant with a lot of people that are that are cons- uh, that have a say and and fans themselves that he's yeah. uh, going through an injury. And we talked about that earlier on the pregame, um, pre-show. Uh, well, we were in for uh, you, Rob. Um, was uh, court saying that? You know, anything could happen after the season's over. And in the exit interviews, you're going to hear probably a lot of players coming down saying that they have this going on and they schedule to have surgery. So he played 19 minutes last game. Right. It's a lot. Marsham was 20 minutes. Bergeron played more minutes than Krug. And there was and there was one time in that Toronto series in the first round that um, that Bergeron was down to 14 minutes. Correct. That was that was pretty much the game I was like, I freaked out. Right, and and along with everybody else, it was like, oh shit, what's going on when he's getting his minutes uh, minimized? It could just be, it could. Wow, he was thirteen and zero last night on faceoff. Wow, um, Jesus, mother of God, who was um, Bergeron? Hey, all right, so he was thirteen and zero on faceoffs, right? Hey, but how many times did he get kicked out? I am so sick of that. You could. Well, you did you say there's a drinking game for that, right? Yeah, I started a new drinking game, and me and me and Courtney got sorry, thirteen shit. and one. He lost right, one face-off. Right. But he got kicked out probably the same amount. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing wrong in the face-off dot that he – the guy's it's a the whole. It's the whole stick-down first rule in the defensive zone. That's what's putting but everyone sta- out. You know what? These stats don't make, make uh, any sense because when he gets kicked out, Marchand takes the draw, and it, they say Marchand took zero draws. So, you know what? I'm not even at NHL.com. You can kiss my yeah. These stats don't make any sense. Marshawn takes draws. There's one other guy that I think is hurt at the moment that will be bad if he is, and that's Nordstrom. I mean, the guy looked amazing last night, but in that last period, something didn't seem right about him. He still yeah. played 14 minutes, though. Yeah, he played a but ton of minutes. He got tripped up. In the second period, I think, and it then, was he like up, yeah. then he got up, and then he went and like lunged for he, the puck. He did a back check yeah. in the third period <laughs> that uh, I was messaging with uh, another person, a friend of the show, Mick, um, and we both were like, because sh- I put out a tweet saying Nordstrom's playing the best game I've seen him all playoffs, and I think you know me, I don't care whether guys put points on the board. I wasn't the guy that's saying the the, the first line. I I thought Marshan had been playing a little poop, but. Um, I looked at what Bergeron was doing. I was like, I don't care if he's getting points because he's winning draws and he's doing everything else, except those two games in a row we got the penalties. But Nordstrom, I've always liked him. He does these things. Like, everybody got mad at me when I was like, he's playing in the playoffs. Like, he's not the guy that's sitting. Everybody's like, oh, I'm like, I'm telling you. He plays the PK. He's got he's way too important to this team. Him and Sean Corrali are so important to the penalty kill and that fourth line. It's just so important. It's like crazy stupid how important they are. And then you have the coil line. Like, that bottom six is the reason this team is where they are. And they don't need to put points on the board. They just need to not have points scored against them. Yeah. 
they're and tough. the uh, <clears throat> the uh, the power play too. When you talk about the penalty kill, the power play sucks. Yeah, the struggles have been uh, not pleasant moments to see. You almost want to uh, decline the power play at some point. Um, that's what me and my wife yeah, the, keep saying. The one game I think Columbus got what, six shots in the first first two power plays, the penalty kills. I was like, oh yeah. god. Yeah, it was crazy. But as Bruce said, he's like, there's no point. Like, it's there's no point in changing it right now. Right. Um, one thing about the power play that really bothers me is is uh, the puck possession and the control. And when they cross the line, it almost seems like they they're, they're going like with full seam. But when they make that first decision or that first pass, they give it up. It's a turnover machine. You come back three on two, three on one, sometimes the opposite way. That has got to stop. And and I'm saying, I'm calling out Krug on that for several, several times. I'm not Marchand. saying Krug. Marshan too. Pasta. Yep. And, and Krejci. They've all done it. And it just seems that that is one area that Columbus is exposing really bad. It's like they're jamming a pick in a, in a, in a, in a dirty old wound. You got to fix that crap. I mean, you cannot physically go on to a third round and keep doing that while you're on the man advantage. It just, it's got to stop. And that's, that's my little rant about the power play. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree. They've, uh, it's, it's weird. Like Krejci went from superstar against the Leafs to struggling against Columbus, but it's just a different series. Like, we're we're seeing different aspects and there's different matchups. Like what he played seven defensemen last night. Like it's just weird. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's two different systems. Yeah. Um, in the first speed round, versus, second round, speed versus hitting now. So and then the, and then if we make it to the third round, it's going to be another different system. Which obviously, and I got to give a shout out to Connor Ryan, uh, Boston Sports Journal writer, Bruins uh, beat writer over there. Uh, did you see the tweet that he tweeted out at Warrior Ice Arena? No. They, they were, All I the think, guys win the Whalers jerseys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it, was, must have been, it must have been a beer league game or anything. But regardless, he's like, the, the Hotswood Whalers are already here waiting. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, seems like we lost Rob. Yeah, it went, it went from a uh, really weird camera there. Yeah, I heard, I heard a knock on the door to um, – yeah, we saw him go to the door and answer it, and then gone. So hopefully, well, he's maybe okay. it was one of those uh, one of those bikes came through his front door. Oh so. Jesus! Yeah, there's crazy shit going on over there in England. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tuka Rask um, has been outstanding in these playoffs. Um, we we did touch on it earlier. Um, he's just got a level of confidence right now that I that brings me back to 2013. And this is the way he was square to the puck, the way he was seeing things through traffic. Um, I really do not like when he comes out of the crease to play the puck. He makes me nervous so so many times. But it is what it is. When you want to try to be that Broder type of third defenseman in there, um, you, you'll go at all at all costs. But um, just just really, really keep, continues to serve a shit sandwich to all the haters. Um, respectfully it's just I, I just like the way he's playing i like the way he's just just driving this and, and really putting the uh the team on his back well yeah i the game four loss still bothers me because it's just he played so damn well in that game 
he's played so well in this Jesus, he's played so well in the playoffs. Um, like I said before, the Toronto media, Bob McKenzie said yesterday that the love hate relationship between the fans and the media in Boston, he just doesn't get it is what he said. And, and I've said this before. I'll say it again. Every time the media or even us fan base, we dump on him, everybody here in the other land. Um, I know people probably hate me talking about Toronto a lot, but you know, there's a lot of the hockey media is in here in Toronto and they never understand it. They never understand the hate that uh, or, or the frustration people have with Tukaras. The problem I think people have with Tukaras, and people have said this a million times, he is a very, he covers his angles. The way he plays the puck, it doesn't look like there's a sense of urgency. So they love like the Tim Thomas, who's technically out of position when he's making saves that he has to dive across because Tuka doesn't, he goes side to side. Like it scares the crap out of me and uh, start watching it. When the puck goes behind the net, he's got that space. There's like a, an inch between him and the post because he, he, it seems he's getting back so slowly, but he's just staying in position. He's so methodical. He's just up, down, and it's, it's almost like a robot. So it's boring to watch. But, you know, the goals that were scored on him last game, they were, I don't know, who's going to stop them? Like, they were fantastic goals. You know, the one on the side, it hit a skate, and, you know, they went upstairs. We all know it was a goal. Um, I think the only thing people are getting mad at is because there was no definitive proof. And we've seen a goal like that, a.k.a. the one against Florida way back in the day when Bergeron scored to cost us the playoffs. It didn't go our way. So uh, I think the NHL is trying to change and, like, sort of bend the rules a bit. Like, just uh, with that Josh Anderson penalty a couple games ago, there's never has anybody seen them call upstairs to see if they got the right guy. It's not in the rule book. The other guy should just went to the box, but... They called down and were like, no, Josh Anderson's the one who needs to go to the box. I think yeah. last night they, you know, they're bending the rules a bit because they want to make sure. The last thing they want is the NHL looks a little stupid this year. You know, the San Jose game and then the Bruins uh, game against, what was it game game two when they won, when the Bruins won? Um, was it game two or was it game one? When they hit the mesh. Like, there's oh, no was, way. Yeah, that was. I think that was game three. Wasn't it? So, yeah, so they won game one, they lost game two, lost game three, and they won. Yeah. No, it was a game we won, so the 4-1 game, so it was game four. Yeah, because it, it went up in the mesh and came down. And yeah, it definitely it, hit the mesh. Pa- the it passed just... to Panarin, and Panarin put roofs it. Yeah, and, and Tuca was phenomenal that game. You yeah. know, it says that he stopped 40, 39 or 40 shots. We all know he stopped 40 or 40. Yeah, so. shout, out, shout out in my eyes, because that was just dumb. Exactly. So I think the NHL's trying. I know it's frustrating people, but... At least they're trying to look at it at the end of the year, but we all know it was in the net. Tuka knows it was in the net. It's a goal. Let's get over it. It is what it is. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break. Um, we'll be right back. And, and when we do return, uh, we have some audio courtesy of uh, the Columbus Dispatch on um, uh, John Tortorella's um, in, uh, interview, uh, post-game interview last night. And I thought it was pretty funny how he, he's calling a return to Boston for Game 7. So we'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world!
What opened up for you there offensively in the last 10 minutes? We got some guys to play. Say it. We got some guys to play. You didn't like the energy level for the first 50? I love the energy level, but we have to make plays too. How much did you just need to see a goal go in? Seth getting the one and obviously took the replay. What kind of lift did that give you just to see one go in? You know the answer. Don't ask stupid questions right now, guys. Ask me some questions that mean something, not that you have the answer to. Absolutely. I, I have no problem with the, the intensity of our club, right on through. It's just that we need guys being more creative and, and making more plays throughout a 60-minute game. Um, can you can you draw on that last 10 minutes? Does Absolutely. That, not the last 10 minutes. The throughout the game. We had a, uh, a problem at the beginning of the third. After two periods, although we didn't create a bunch of offense, we didn't give them much either. The surge in the third, we, we came back. Absolutely. It, things happen for a reason. We have chances to tie it again. Doesn't. Uh, things happen for a reason. And I truly believe that. We'll be back here for game seven. Do we got some lines to get some offense. Yeah, we found some lines that were going to give us some offense. And uh, we'll get ready to play game six. Uh, you, you said that. You'll be back every game seven. What we will? What gives you the confidence that you'll be because we seven? will? All right, we are back, uh, Court. <laughs> what do you think about John Tortorella in the in the audio you just heard, and in in him telling the reporters last night at TD Garden that um, he's guaranteeing the Columbus Blue Jackets will be back for Game Seven at TD Garden and. Well, he didn't say about anything about winning. He said they'll, they'll be back. Well, that means he's guaranteeing a game uh, a game six win. Well, yeah. he did this last year against Washington, and it didn't come true. I, it's, if you're him, you have to. You have to show confidence in your players. If, if you know, you already know, like, the guy's mom and dad are going to show confidence, but uh, the coach needs to show confidence in his players. I, this is what he has to say. When he says the stupid things, like tells reporters a stupid question and then walks away like a little baby, he looks like a moron, but that's, that's him. That's the way he does things and good for him. But I felt he had no choice, but to say, yes, we're going to win this game. I, I don't see any other way around it. That's just, I would do the same thing. I would guarantee you got to guarantee the win. Absolutely. And, and what I got out of that was, was a very, and, and it was Scott like, McLaughlin from uh, we, W-E-I-I, sorry. We uh, who asked the question and then did the follow-up. So shout out to Scott. Yeah. Um, I just, if you didn't see, go look at the video and go to Boston Bruins, uh, the, the, the official Twitter account and find the video or even the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets um, account. But um, it's just, it, for me, it just looked like he was rattled. Um, obviously, I get the whole, they lost. It's a very uncomfortable situation right after the game, but it almost looks like to me, his body language is given off that he's trying to do what he can do and he's got no more, nothing more to give. So it maybe like you said that, that, that six, six game uh, guarantee was something to, you know, shut him up and get out of there quickly and uh, try to motivate his team at the next practice. And, and before the game uh, uh, nationwide arena in Columbus, uh, Ohio. So, Hopefully they win. I mean, I mean, hopefully the Bruins, the yeah, Bruins whoa, win. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, I, the, uh... I, I really want. I know. <laughs> I really want this to be over with in Columbus, um, and and try to get as much rest as possible. I know we talked about it earlier, which probably won't happen 
if they do win on Monday night, uh, tomorrow night, as we record this. Um, it looks game. like it would be this. It, I don't know. We could be just spitballing here, but they already have a game scheduled for Wednesday, which would be game seven in Boston. So you're, you've already got the problem with the Boston Bruins and the Celtics playing at the same time, right? Yeah. If you've already scheduled the rink, do you just not play the game? I don't know. Am I it's wrong weird. here? I don't know. That is strange to think about. I would think they play the game. It seems the NHL, we also looked at it like they're four days ahead than they were last year. Yeah. Like all the series, they didn't give the time off. They usually give two to three days off in between series, and they're not doing it. But we could find out. I'm sure they have a scheduled date for the Stanley Cup Finals. But last year was the 28th. We, just for the, the listeners, we looked this all up before the show. So they started the Stanley Cup Finals last year on the 28th. The Bruins could finish off the – like if they start on the 8th, that means technically the Stanley Cup Finals could be the week of the 20th. Because Super if they're playing, early. And I'm, I'm not saying the Bruins are going to beat Columbus. I'm just saying like whatever series starts next, that Columbus series, Columbus Bruins or um, versus Carolina or Bruins versus Carolina, whatever it is, could be finished by the 18th. Interesting. Like it's a little messed up. Right. Hey, you know what's not messed up? Is how Charlie Coyle is playing. Dude, I love that guy. He's, he's, he, I'm so growing on him. I'm, I'm starting to like more and more. I'm starting to like shake my head sometimes and just say, wow, what was I thinking? Smack myself silly, Coy. Why? We're always, we're always saying stuff. We're always, I'm the one in, I, I did the faux pas saying Matt Grizzlick should be traded and he's, he's overrated yeah. and the, the kid's good. So everybody, everybody can it. be wrong. Exactly. Yeah. We all say stupid things. <laughs> Um, Dan Coy, the thing I love about him the most isn't it, is his puck control. The, the, his puck possession in the corners and so on and so forth, no one can get the puck off him. He, he always enters his zone with the puck. Very rarely, besides the boneheaded free gift goal that he gave with the backhand against the Leafs, or was it, Carol, was it Columbus? It was the bad goal when he threw it in front of the net. It was Columbus. Um, very rarely does he do stuff like that. And that, that might have been overconfidence because he seems to always look before he's given the pass. He's so strong with the puck and generates plays. And him and Johansson, shit, they look good together. They look real good together. And even Heinen on that line. I wish Heinen could score. We've been saying this all year. He's just snake bitten to the to the world's end. But damn, Johansson and Coyle look great on the ice together. Like the Bruins have three lines right now, and that's yeah. four lines because Corrali is just a beast, and yeah, he's my MVP right now. I just love that guy. So besides Tuca, he's the obvious, but the un- unsung hero of the Boston Bruins is Sean Corrali. Yeah, <laughs> another one that I just absolutely love, and and so glad that they got him in that deal for Martin Jones, because um, he just adds that that certain element of speed and and in your face type of hockey, um, a strong forecheck, um, just. I like him. I wish we had a lot more of him in the system because uh, he's just, he's something special. That's for sure. But yeah, Coyle's got that big body, big frame. And I just don't expect the speed that I see from him. It's, it's, it's deceiving. I I see him out there and I didn't know much about him. I had to just go off what you and Rob were saying. I, 
I am, uh, I'm the first to admit, um, since my daughter is born, I watch one hockey team. I have some time to watch a Leaf game because it's on the TV and I'm with friends or such, but I very rarely watch any other hockey clubs anymore or watch any junior games or anything. I just don't have the time, but um, Coyle has been a pleasant surprise and I'm glad he's back for another year. And I don't yeah. care what he does during the regular season. I'll say this before, I'll say it again. I don't give a shit what anybody does in the regular season. It matters what's in the playoffs. Look at Ryan Donato. Great right. regular season guy. Absolutely horseshit his worst time in the Boston Bruins. See what he does in Minnesota if they ever make the playoffs. But if you can't perform in the playoffs, I want nothing to do with you. You're pointless. Um, actually, Rob uh, really wanted to touch on this, but obviously he's uh, out of the call. So uh, the Black Ace is up for the Boston Bruins per uh, Providence Journal beat writer uh, Mark Diver on – I think I wrote down April 30th. Uh, yes, April 30th, he tweeted out that Jamel Smith, uh, Paul Carey, Lee Stepniak, Zach Senishin, Yerho Vakaninen, JFK, Jack Stednika, Jordan Swars, Anton Bleed, who just signed a, a two-year deal, uh, broke that news too, by the way, uh, Jakobs Borl, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald, uh, Trent Frederick, Peter Solarek, and finally Jeremy Lawson uh, with the team as Black Aces. So I don't see any of those guys um, making the roster. I believe Bruce Cassidy is the type of coach that believes in what he has currently. Um, unless there's an unfortunate injury, those, those Black Aces could play a significant role. Um, but until then, I think that they are just there for the, the uh, experience. Um, because to some of these kids like Sudnika and Vakanine and, and, and so on, um, seeing the progression through the postseason and how people handle themselves, how they work out, how they train, basically the same thing, sorry, but um, is important to a younger player. And it, and it really gives them something to, to strive for in their development. So um, who knows? And, and, I don't know what is going on, but it's like the, the, the urgency to get Jack Stanika. Um, as of right now, I mean, I know I wasn't a big Coil fan for the trade. I get it. And, and it's really biting my, in the ass. But now, now certain people want to sit Charlie Coil on the third line and insert Jack Stanika because he had a really good year in the OHL. Um, Who are these people and why do they even speak? I don't even – well, I, I'm not going to call them out and so on, but it's just a small group of people that think that uh, a, a kid that's got no playoff experience and no NHL experience at all, except for maybe a, 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 um, a preseason game in China, that gives that's credential to get yourself right in there on the third line and knock out a player that's been in the league for eight, ten years. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. And regardless of that, I know for a, a fact – um, that Jack Stucknika was only in China just so he could spend time with the boys. It had nothing to do with maybe maybe that overhyped people. Um, there was no intentions of him ever making the roster this year. He impressed the living daylights out of everybody in the organization, but he went to China just so he could spend more time with the team. Had everything to do with getting him out with the boys, getting to learn what the life is, and getting the experience of going to China. Had zero to do with him having a chance of making the hockey club this year. I just want to make that clear. Um, I know this for a fact. It had nothing to do with anything else. Um, Bruce is the type of coach that is going to play who got you there 
there is no doubt in my mind the only way any of these Black Aces kids are going to play if there's injuries. And I would have to say that Jack Stucknika is very low on the totem pole mm. on getting ice time. Um, and if anything, it's you, you already have Kuhlman who's sitting there. He would get ice time over any of these guys upstairs. So yeah. I, it's, it's almost like a conversation that doesn't need to be had. Unless you have three guys, you know, knock on wood, I hope it doesn't happen, but you're going to have to have a lot of guys injured before Jack Stucknika is going to be playing. Um, maybe it's the whole fantasy of always the shiny new toy. I talk about it all the time. Yeah. I, um, Bjork for a winter classic. Like he didn't deserve to be there. Yeah. Like, it's about winning. It's about the team. Like, I'm sorry. The guy didn't deserve. It. He didn't play well. He's, he had a, every chance in the world to be on this hockey club. Yes. He got injured, but before he got injured, he was terrible. He wasn't good. Um, Bacchus right now is playing great against Columbus, but that's, that's not to say that Kuhlman doesn't go in against Carolina. Carolina is a team that plays speed and plays with plays the body. Columbus plays a lot of the Boston Bruins style hockey. So Bacchus looked fantastic on that second line. You play them, but these black aces people, these are just there. These guys are just there to give them a fist pump. When these guys get off the ice after the game, after a win and to watch the game and soak it all up, be a practice, be a team meetings to get used to what it's like to be in the playoffs and be a professional hockey player. The odds of these kids playing is like 10%. Uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, on the official Twitter account, um, Bruins Twitter account, I mean, uh, updated the media in Columbus uh, before the flight to Columbus. Uh, doesn't anticipate any issues for Charlie McAvoy tomorrow. Nola Chari is day-to-day with an upper body. So yeah, well, that's... Noel went into the corner that one time, and he grimaced and went to the bench. And then yeah. when he did that practice, I was like, all right, I think it's his shoulder, but that's just me, you know, giving my opinion. I, I'm not a doctor, right? I'm not anybody, I'm not professional, but uh, there's another guy. Look, you have a Chari that's not playing right now, and you got Wagner, who I I know everybody loves him. He's the mayor Walpole. I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, Walpole. 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 W A L. No, I understand how to spell it. But <laughs> no, but one. I know. All right. Maybe it's, I'm not getting your lingo because you're not saying it with a terrible wow. New England ask. Wow, Paul. Wow, Paul. Wow, Paul. He hasn't played well in the playoffs. And I, I've said it before. I thought, if you remember, he was, he was hurt near the end of the year. I think it's his groin because his stride isn't there. Mm-hmm. He's not going in for the hits as much as he usually does. And he's only effective when he's going out there and banging bodies and creating energy. That's what he does. Absolutely. Um, some people are calling him a goal scorer, which is a head scratcher. He's the most points he's ever gotten in his Yeah, he had a career, career. year. Take it easy. <laughs> exactly. Um, but he's an energy guy. So him back in the lineup against Columbus makes sense. Uh, back in the lineup against Columbus makes sense. But if I'm playing Carolina, I, I'm hoping to hell that Charlie's back. Yeah. Charlie's got more speed and he's got a better he's got better hands. So if you're going to want goal scoring, that I, I shouldn't be looking ahead. I'm just saying you're you're playing matchups, right? That's what yeah. coaches do. Uh, Bruce's Bruce beat the Toronto Maple Leafs because he outcoached. He outcoached Babcock. Babcock had the Bruins. They were up three two, and they lost. That is on Babcock. Um, yeah, well, well, it, um, didn't do any adjustments. If Babcock made adjustments and they still lost, then it's not on Babcock. But when you play Austin Matthews 18 minutes in Game Seven, you're an idiot. Yeah, and that and that the whole Babcock thing was goes back to the the obviously the Toronto series, and I remember my wife Courtney saying that Jesus, like Bruce is really changing these lines, really 
aggressively. Like nothing was the same going through, but then a lot of the Toronto media were hammering on Babcock because he wasn't making the changes to, you know, to compensate for getting beat. So it is what it is. I mean, that, that whole Toronto thing is, is certainly interesting. Um, yeah, and like will I, be. It, like, like, I, like, I just want it over. Yeah, I, I hate please. playing the Leafs. Me too. Like who's going to fly to uh, Mike Babcock's house and, or ranch or whatever and say, hey, is everything okay? Like he did with Austin Matthews last, last summer. It's, um, it's making adjustments, and Bruce does make adjustments. So, like, Bruins are up 3-2. Um, but you got to love how he does it on the fly. Yeah, but I'm not saying that the, the Bruins are going to win this series. Like, you know, I still see it going seven games. Columbus has got a great barn. Um, they get real loud. Columbus is a good team. Columbus is a lot closer to the way the Boston Bruins play hockey than people would probably want to admit. Bob has not been a terrible goalie. He's been great. Oh, uh, my Tuka's God. has been better. Um, but Anderson was better than Tuca in the first round, and that's not saying that Tuca was terrible. Um, now Tuca is the better goalie in this round. But the first line woke up. If they stay like this, look out. Look out uh, like the rest of the NHL. That's all I'm going to say. I want to uh, – we're going to jump on to uh, Brandon Carlo, but one thing that I really wanted to do was play the audio of last night's press conference. So take a listen to this, folks. This is courtesy of bostonbruins.com and the official um, Boston Bruins Twitter account. So take a listen. Well, it's huge. I mean, we need everybody to contribute. Um, those guys play a lot of minutes. Pasternak's a young guy. We talked about that the other day. Came through for us. Uh, Connor Clifton, young guy, makes a hell of a play to Marshy. So these young guys were able to rise up to the moment. Um, big contributors to the win. And you have to, if you're going to win it this time of the year, because they're young guys that have played in our lineup. Jake did it last year for us. Uh, and I think, like I said, we're not going to advance if those young guys freeze. You know, Brandon had a moment there in the second period that, you know, he had to sort of reset himself and good for him. You know, we helped him through that, but the individual has to be able to find his game and he did. Uh, so, like I said, that's, that's critical for us uh, that those guys do their part. And they did a little bit more tonight than that. Yeah, I think tonight was an excellent game for them. They got going game uh, four up in Columbus. When you're offensive guys and you're players like those guys that put a lot of pressure on themselves to lead um, both production wise effort wise details um, you know if it doesn't go your way and you can get there's a level of frustration they're human so now they, they break through the other night and tonight now they're back to feeling good about themselves and listen you've seen them tie around here they're, they're dominant when they're on and they're very good even when they're not on so uh, if they you know if they start feeling it you know it's a tall task for the other team now they're not going to win every battle because the opposition has good players as well that go through the same. But those guys are elite players in the league. And, yes, to answer your question, they were very, you know, one of their, if not their best game, certainly close, and it came at a good time. And uh, credit to them, too, to understand the situation we're in. And we're in the other night. And they, they started the process of us digging out of a deficit. All right, so that was the video, courtesy of BostonBruins.com on Twitter. Um, Court. One of the things that um, in that audio clip that I was really impressed with was was uh, the way Bruce talked about Brandon and and it, it wasn't all hype it wasn't all praise it was it was he is an adult hockey player that 
knows when he makes mistakes, but it's on him and he's doing a great job of correcting them themself, uh, himself along with working alongside the assistant coach and so on on the bench in game time situations. He, he's just becoming one of those ultimate pros that you really want to see for the future. Hey, Rob. What's up, Rob? Uh, anyway, so um, I, I just like what I'm hearing. I like what, where we're going uh, in the future with Carlo and particularly in this playoff because we need his, his – um, his leadership. So, uh, your thoughts? Um, you know, I'm a big Carlo guy. Um, I, I still say that that game winner last night, him stopping Panarin at the line and then continuing to stay with him is a huge heads up play. He didn't, he didn't get Panarin made once again, Panarin didn't have Char on the ice. He made him look silly. And so did, um, uh, Matt Duchesne, but, Carlo has been the most consistent defenseman on this back end the whole playoffs. McAvoy has been the stud back there, but Carlo is so consistent. This is his first playoffs. His first couple games against the Leafs, he looked not like he had all season. But it was nerves, I'm guessing. But he is just, the way he holds himself, the way he's doing interviews after the game, he's, he talks and plays like he's a seasoned vet. And I don't <laughs> think, I think... I think if you're Bruce Cassidy right now, you look at the right side of your defense and you're like, all right, I'm good for the rest of, you know, the next couple of years. We're set. They have McAvoy and Carlo. Like crazy. it. Like it. And they both have to be signed this summer. Rob, what's up, man? I apologize for leaving. There was a, a car has just hit an animal outside my house and I had to deal with it. So, Oh yeah. What? Oh my God. Yeah. We thought a bicycle came through your window. Yeah, we thought that bike guy came and get you again. No, no, this time it was something a lot more not nice to deal with, but yeah. How, can I just ask, you know, it has nothing to do, how is this your problem? Is it on your uh, property? No, it's because my, my sister lives a couple of doors down from me. Oh, she the, volunteered you. The animal that got hit ended up under her car even though she wasn't doing anything oh so i had to That's a shame. yeah not good sorry responsibility by proxy well <laughs> anything for family and all that <laughs> really so you are, are a stand-up guy you are mm. a stand-up guy is he though <laughs> uh, I, I apologize for leaving Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold 277, at Court Lalonde, and at Rob Forty Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.